You are listening to a sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee, the historic church of Robert Murray McShane. For more sermon content, please visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk. It's page three in the Church Bibles, Genesis chapter one, and we're going to read from verse 20. And God said, let the waters teem with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves in the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree with fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Amen. So, under the blessing, you're my experiment Uh, tonight. I've been working on this theme of blessing, trying to work out what I understand by it, and so I'm needing your help here tonight when I look at this. What does it mean when we ask, Lord, will you bless them? Usually it's, we don't know what to ask for. Um, Lord, bless them. Um, We sort of know what it means, and then we sort of don't know what it means. And I've been trying to answer that question as I'll go through the scriptures and um, hopefully we can answer that a little bit tonight as we look together at Genesis 1 and then um, Ephesians 1. I want you to notice that there are two blessings in this Genesis chapter. He blesses the animals. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. And then God blesses the male and man and woman, male and female that he made in his image. Um, with both of these, we notice that God, up to this point, has said, let there be, let there be. But with both of these, 
He creates um, and uses that word which is only found at the beginning uh, in this chapter, only found at the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's a special word that only God is ever the the subject of. Um, It's only ever used of God. And it seems to indicate a special creating. And so it's linked with uh, verse 21, God created the great creatures. And then it's linked also with the making of man in his image. Um, So God, verse 27, created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So if you haven't got it, it was repeated three times. If you haven't got it yet, you're not listening. So it seems to be, I don't know what the relationship is, but there seems to be this special relationship that God has up to this point simply said, let there be, and it was so. Let there be light, and it was so. Let us make, and it was so. And now he does a different thing. He says, let us create. And so God creates. And that that which he has created, he then blesses. And I think the significance of the blessing is that there is a degree of freedom um, within the bounds of God's will and sovereignty. There's a a degree of freedom given to both the animals and to God's creatures more so. That when he says, let there be light, there's no question about it. It simply has to happen. But when he blesses, it's a kind of not a let there be, but more may there be with all sorts of possibilities of working that one out. Um, he didn't tell them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the water and the, of the seas in this particular place first and that place next. There's a freedom for them to do this, to work it out. If they've got brains and intelligence, they have a certain kind of intelligence. Um, let them increase. The, the, the blessing, the fruitfulness of that blessing um, has in it a certain degree of freedom. And that which was in miniature for the animals is certainly in macro for the humanity that God doesn't say now go and be fruitful increase in number but this is what you have to do each day he doesn't say fill the earth and subdue it but here's your plan for doing that he doesn't say rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air in this particular way and in that particular way he gives them the commands But in his blessing, there are all sorts of maybes and possibilities that they have to work out in communion with God under his sovereignty. Not let there be's, but may there be. So when we pray, Lord, will you bless them? We're praying for God to open up possibilities for them in his blessing, in his grace, in his kindness, in his mercy. Let there be, may there be God's blessing. Well, having seen that, if that's what it means to live under the blessing, uh, to live in terms of the, 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 all the different possibilities of God, what were they going to do then um, under that blessing in those different freedoms? Essentially, they're going to make off the wilderness a garden. God sets them in a garden, but then all the cultural commands that he's going to do, that he's going to give them, are a form of gardening. They're going to turn the wilderness into a garden. They're going to fill the earth and make it fruitful and pleasant for human flourishing and for the animals themselves to flourish as well. 
Indeed, someone has said that all cultural activity is a form of gardening. You take the raw materials that you're given, you put them in order for human flourishing, and you've got something beautiful and useful. You take the the land, and you take plants, and you put them in a particular order, and you get rid of certain plants and put other ones in there, and you're left with something, a little paradise, that, that is both useful for food and pleasing to the eye. Um, artists, they take the raw materials of paint or medium of different kinds. Um, you don't just throw down cans of paint. Well, not unless you're a certain kind of artist, but generally you don't just throw down cans of paint and you get a Rembrandt out of that or a Mona Lisa or whatever. You take the elements of, of your medium artist and takes from all this disorder that's round about, puts them in order for human flourishing. Or the musician takes random sounds, the, the wilderness of sound, and puts these sounds together in rhythm and in tone for human flourishing. Or the, art, or the author takes out of the billions of different words that there may be and sentences that may be, takes out of that disorder um, all these words and puts them into order for human flourishing. All cultural activity is a form of gardening, um, even banking, but I'm not going to go into that one at the moment. So, under the blessing of God, God is saying to them, here is your blessing, now go, go and fulfill that. Work it out yourselves in communion with me. I give you this certain degree of freedom and this huge openness and potential for this world. I don't know if you have any links with with, uh, primary schools at all, any of you, but there's a thing in primary school, my daughter tells me, called golden time. Anybody? Hear of golden time? Some of you golden time, you, you know, do you know what that is? Yeah, you know what it is. It's when they finish their work or when there's a special reward, the children are allowed golden time, which means they can go and do what they like. They can go and uh, go on the computer or go and paint or what other things can you do? Go and play in the sandbox or go and play with the water. or go and do, They can do things themselves. They can go away and choose. But if you ask the children, do you get to do anything Golden time is not freedom to go home or to leave the classroom. Um, You you don't get to do that kind of thing to do what you like, Um, though you might think it would be quite good to do that. It's freedom within boundaries. And God's blessing is golden time for humanity, golden time for us, freedom, opportunities, and they are countless. Well, then let's turn to page one. 1173 to Ephesians chapter 1, where reading from verse 3 to verse 14, we have one long sentence um, in Paul's thought. Just for our own uh, um, comprehension and understanding, we've put in full stops and capital letters, but it's basically one long sentence, and nobody knows where one... It's difficult for some places to know where one thought begins and another ends. Um, but here we have the second set of blessings, the spiritual blessings in Christ. And I want us to look at these and consider and think about that. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ 
That's his big idea for this sentence. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now let me, let me explain what I mean by that, Paul says. Let me enumerate these blessings. Let me count them with you. Let me explain them to you. God has blessed us. God has given us that maybe in Christ, that golden time now in Christ from all sorts of other realities. What does it mean? Well, he chose us. Notice the for in verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. It's a following on from, um, logically from, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Because he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. The foundation of that spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ is his election, his choosing before the world was made, let alone before we were made, that we who um, are brought to faith are to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He made all things to dwell before him in love. And though the world has turned its back on God and though the, the world has fallen, God's plan still is the same. The mystery of his will when the times will have reached their fulfillment, verse 10, to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ, to dwell in love, in the love of the Trinity. It's an amazing thing, God's golden time of spiritual blessing. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. It's not just forgiveness. It's not just being cleansed, though these are wonderful things. It's not just being holy and blameless um, and standing in love. It's standing as children, as adopted in Christ the Son. We are... In the blessing of God, not just forgiven, but elevated even higher than that, into the same position and standing as Jesus himself, adopted through Jesus Christ as sons. Now, Paul here and the writer to the Hebrews elsewhere uses this term deliberately, sons, not to exclude half the human race from the promise, because there's no other way to make this truth plain and clear. Um, the truth is that we are like the son in our status and standing. He could have used the word children. They have the word children there, which is not gender specific and means includes us both. But what he means, in, as the writer of the Hebrews said, in bringing many sons to glory, God for whom and through whom everything exists, made the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Likewise, they both could have used the word children, but instead they use the word sons to, to, to emphasize that it's sons of both genders, as it were, with the status of the son, Jesus himself. And there's no higher honor that we could aspire to than that. Well, there is one more as we get to the end of uh, Ephesians uh, 
1, verses 3 to 14. Notice in these other verses that we've just read the lavishness of God's blessing um, to the praise of his glorious grace or the grace of, of his glory um, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Um, in him we have redemption which he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Lavish. Think of this picture of God with his arms full of presents. You know, so full that they're, that they're in danger of falling off. And, and that, that's the kind of picture you have here that God's saying, now, what is it you want? Ask me. Come on, look. My arms are getting sore holding these blessings out before you. Will you not ask? Here's a pet peeve of mine, um, and I'm guilty of this myself, so it's not getting at anyone in particular. But I don't like when I pray, we just ask you. We say that often. We just ask you for this, Lord, as if that's all I want. And then we sort of say that a few times. We just ask you. I only want this. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his faithfulness. It's getting a hold of his grace and his mercy. It's not trying to turn him around from being a grudging, hand out the pennies one by one kind of God. We're not trying to do that in prayer. We are are trying to lay hold in faith of how great and glorious and generous and lavish and overwhelmingly abundant God is in his gifts to us, in his love for us, in his blessings to us. The blessing of our status, the blessings of the amount that God lavished upon us, the blessing of what we've been led in to know. He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth under one head, even Jesus Christ. It's one thing. You know, I, I don't know if you ever ever feel this when... Well, some people are, are, uh, are reminded about this. Now. Some people are so paranoid that when they see the, the, the huddle, team huddle in, in the rugby, you know, the, the, the scrum, they think they're talking about me in there. Um, but on a lesser extent, have you ever wondered, if you ever felt you were on the outside of things when, you know, the elders are having a conversation or somebody else is having a conversation and they're enjoying it, you think, I'm not quite in on that. Or There are things going on in, in church or in work or in business that, I don't know what's happening and you feel outside of it. There's nothing like that with regard to God and God's blessing. There's no outsiders. He's bringing everybody into the mystery of his will. He's revealing to all his children what he's doing, what his plans are. God's not saying, I'm going to keep this from you and that from you because I want to keep information. Information is power and I've got power over you. That's not God's way. He reveals to us. He makes known to us the mystery of his will. And makes what is mysterious plain, even though it's still a mystery. Chosen, predestined according to his plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. For this, that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. God blesses us to the praise of his glory. Why does God bless? 
Why does he give? Why does he care? Why, why does he do anything for us? Why does he redeem us through Christ's blood? Why does he call us his sons? To the praise of his glory. For his name to be praised. For him to be glorified. It is God's determination to be the praise of all things because God is the supreme reality of goodness and grace and blessing that if he were not to bless himself and to praise himself, he would be denying himself. Infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge of infinite wisdom, infinite love, infinite peace because of infinite love should result in infinite praise. And that's what the Trinity are doing, Father to the Son and Son to the Father in the, in the love of the Spirit. Praising their perfections. And God does all things for the praise of His glory, even blessing us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. And then to the end of these verses, the climax of all our spiritual blessing. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. We cannot fathom, even if we have more than one lifetime, we cannot fathom the blessing that it is to receive the Holy Spirit of God. To be marked in him as a seal of ownership and of promise. That there will be a deeper reality and a deeper realization of the Holy Spirit and his power and his love. When Jesus is revealed, it is an amazing thought that we who are evil spirits in our own selves have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we who deserve nothing but condemnation receive not only forgiveness but adoption and the mark of the Holy Spirit. It is an astonishing blessing that God has given us. So he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now are you are you too proud to uh, use the words of that hymn, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one? It's a children's hymn, isn't it? And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Well, that's what Paul's doing, counting or enumerating his blessings. Um, I think the happiest people in heaven will be accountants. Because they'll be the ones that will be recognizing the blessings of God. They'll be taking a note of them and writing them down. Accounting, accounting, accounting. The happiest people will be accountants in glory. Uh, it may not be quite so uh, before glory, but uh, we can pray for that, can't we? So where do we go then? Under the blessing, it means to be under the maybes of God, all sorts of possibilities. What are the implications of this passage and Genesis passage, what are the application of it? And there are three applications, worship, witness, and warfare. Worship. If we are 
aware of the blessings of God, the proper response is to bless God in return. Now, the NIV um, believes that, and I think it, when it translates praise be to the, uh, verse 3 as praise be to the God and Father, it, it turns, it translates the word which is basically blessed be the God and Father, and we have that in other translations. And it does this in more than one place whenever it thinks it's a danger of thinking that we might be equal to God and blessing God as God blesses us. Well, that's not what we mean, says the NIV. We mean praise. And so we must have this translation as praise be to the God and Father in case you get any idea that you're blessing God in just the same way that God is blessing us. But I I would like to have that word blessed and I would like to be able to explain to myself and to others that it doesn't mean the same thing as God blessing us. But in a sense, it is the rebound of God's blessing. It is the return upwards of God's blessing down upon us. God blesses me and I bless him in worship. Or I praise him. Stick with the NIV. Um, God's blessings lead to worship. Um, That's why count your blessings is is perhaps a, a good policy for uh, being down in the dumps or being a little bit of spiritual depression as opposed to um, physical depression. Return to God blessing for his blessing upon us. And that's what Paul is doing in here in, in effect. This is Paul teaching us how to worship. He's not just giving us teaching about God, he is giving us an insight or a uh, or calling alongside of him worshipping God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not just telling us something. He's worshipping God. And God who has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ is to be worshipped in response to that. And so whenever you are aware of a physical as well as a spiritual blessing, the appropriate response is blessed God. Blessed be God for my breakfast this morning. Blessed be God for my adoption, you know, my adoption as his son from one extreme to the other, from the little things to the great things. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God in my illness. Blessed be God in my health. Blessed be God in riches and in poverty. Blessed be God at all times and in all ways. May God's name be blessed and praised. Worship, the implication of blessing. Witness. You have seen how great and lavish God is. We understand a little bit now more about how kind and how generous God is. Has that touched the way you deal with others? Are you a yes person or are you a no person? Are you a not yet person? Yes. God is so full of yes and maybes. Let there be's. May there be lots of maybes. Now, it is our witness that we are like God in that way. When we serve those that don't know him or serve one another or particularly to our family. Are we that kind of yes parent Or are we more a no kind of parent? There's something, well, there is 
something daunting, isn't there, about someone who's always saying no. Um, some of you will know that I do market research interviews um, and <laughs> my least favorite interview um, when I came to a gentleman who he came to his door and he walked towards his garage simply saying no. Didn't even wait till I said anything. He just said no when he saw me. No. And I felt like, felt like saying things like, so you think you're stupid? No. You think you're tel- intelligent? No. You know, I, I thought I'm um, barred by the, uh, the code of conduct for market researchers from taking out my 45 Magnum. But uh, I, had to, I had to bless them, didn't I, in my own heart, though I didn't feel like it. Are you that kind of no person? It is so inconsistent with God's blessing of us. And the way to become more generous is not to force yourself into generosity because nobody's kid, nobody's fooled by that kind of generosity. It's my duty to be generous. Nobody, nobody is blessed by that kind of generosity. The way to become more generous is to be filled with a, an astonishment of God's generosity to me, his grace, his mercy, his kindness, his lavishness, his abundance to me. That that coming from that will affect my spirit and then I'll naturally, as it were, overflow into generosity, or so I hope. So worship and witness and warfare Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our passage says God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The same place where we are blessed is the same place where we make war. The same place where we have all the blessings is the same place where our blessings are attacked. Some people don't get this often. They think if something hard happens, um, then God is not blessing me anymore. I've got a perfect example of that. Um, I heard, this is third hand, so take it with regard to that. I didn't hear it first hand, but the people that told me are pretty uh, reliable, so I think it's true. Congregation in Inverness were asking their minister about leaving the Church of Scotland, some of the elders certainly, and an email was circulated that I'm not leaving the Church of Scotland uh, for various reasons, And in particular, if I do, I'll become sick like Dominic Smart and Peter Dixon. Implication is, they're not in the place of blessing because they're ill. Now, I could could almost identify with that in some ways. You know, things haven't gone well with me uh, ministry-wise since I've left the Church of Scotland. Does that mean that I'm not in the place of blessing? Have I made a mistake somehow or other? I don't think so. Because the place of blessing is the place of warfare. And we need to remember that and remind ourselves of that. That when things aren't seeming to go so well, well, it's not a sign that we're out of blessing. It's maybe a sign that we're in war in the heavenly realms when all hell breaks loose 
even at the same time as we are being blessed. So under the blessing of God, what does it mean when we ask God to bless someone? Lord, will you open up all sorts of possibilities for them? Will you take them out of the confinement and the straightened place and bring them into a broad place? Lord, will you shower your love and grace and kindness and goodness upon them? Lord, will you give them the knowledge of their adoption and the seal of the Holy Spirit? Lord, will you do all these things and, and more because we know there is even more to be found out in that word blessing. Will you bless them? And when it comes to the spiritual warfare which comes along with blessing, <laughs> Lord, will you bless them and in, in the spirit, you know, in the heavenly realms, we're asking, are you asking for a fight. Well, I hope not. But Lord, when it comes to the 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 spiritual warfare, may they be victors in that. Lord, will you bless them? I think that's the sort of thing I mean when I pray now for blessing for my friends, my family, my church. Well, that's part one. Um, I'm still working on part two through to ten, but that's enough for tonight. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for having such low expectations of your grace and love and kindness and goodness. And give us the faith to believe and just to accept how generous you are to your glory and the praise of your glorious name through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee. If you found this sermon has been helpful to you, please help us to continue building up and assisting the people of God. Visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk For information and training on persuasive evangelism and how to share your faith biblically, please visit the website of SOLAS, the Centre for Public Christianity, at solas-cpc.org. Once again, that website address is solas-cpc.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.